What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Play. On today's episode, I am joined by DJ, producer, radio personality, marketer, and songwriter Clinton Sparks. Back in 2012, he was nominated for a Grammy for his production work on Lady Gaga's Born This Way. That same year, he won a BMI Songwriting Award for Pitbull's Shut It Down. He has written and produced for artists such as Akon, 2 Chains, Ty Dolla Sign, Big Sean, and as well as numerous others. If you guys want to check out more about Clinton Sparks, I left the link to his Instagram down below, as well as a link to his newest book, How to Win Big in the Music Business. And everyone, before this episode does start, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple, go ahead and drop a follow, as well as leave a like, rating, and review. It does help me out a lot. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Power Play. On today's episode, we have Clinton Sparks on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So to start off, I guess you can say you live such a crazy life, you know, and not just in the music world, but from an entrepreneurial standpoint as well. And for the listeners who might not know who you are and what you do and what you've accomplished thus far, I love for you to give us some insight on who Clinton Sparks is. Uh, yikes. Uh, that's a lot. Um, so <laughs> I guess, um, what does my bio say? It says, uh, yeah, uh, Grammy nominated, multi platinum producer, songwriter, DJ, solo of 75 million records, uh, author, entrepreneur. Um, man, I, I could go down a giant list of things that I've done, but I guess, uh, that's a good start. Uh, I, I, I own, um, uh, CBDO of the fastest growing life gaming lifestyle brand in the world right now called Xset. I'm a former VP of Phase Clan. I took them from zero to three hundred million dollar valuated company. I'm a former, wow. former VP of Dash Radio. Brought a bunch of stations and talent over there. Uh, I own my own national hip hop radio station. It's the first station ever where artists can upload their music and get into rotation right next to the biggest names in the music business. Uh, I just authored a new book called How to Win Big in the Music Business, and it coincides with a course. Um, man, just a lot of things. Oh, I just became strategic consultant for a company called Esports Technologies. Uh, a lot of stuff, man. I'm excited to get up every day and do some dope yeah. shit. Yeah, so long story short, everybody does it all, which is the perfect way to be in the entrepreneurial world, you know. Uh, little side story i started this podcast with just the intention to network with people and i've explained to other guests i've had on that it's opened up so many doors for business opportunities and networking and it's made me want to apply myself and do more and put myself out there yeah. which i mean you know you kind of have to as an entrepreneur so anybody listening who wants to be an entrepreneur you know don't just stick to one path because i mean you can you know it's not i'm not saying you have to do everything but usually when you're an entrepreneur and you have the entrepreneurial mindset you want to do more like you have yeah i didn't look at it you know when when i was starting out i wasn't looking at myself as an entrepreneur nor did i i don't even know if i knew the word entrepreneur back then right. uh it was just innately in me to uh, just have this insatiable appetite to win and do more. Um, yeah. And I didn't even understand that. That I, I didn't even know I was a workaholic. I just thought the way that I operated and the way that I thought was normal and what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But, it, but it also came out of, you know, I grew up very broke and, and in a broken home and it was really kind of survival mode. So if you, mm -hmm. if you, if you wanted to eat, you had to go out and kill something. Right, so, right. You know, and I, and I always have like, I'm so anal with like getting ahead that like I'm the kind of guy that the day I get my bill, I pay it. 
like yep. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I can't have things open ended and if I you know when I have accomplishments I don't even like stop to really celebrate them as much as I should because I'm just kind of on to the next and I think anybody with like you know a really strong drive uh, in an yeah. entrepreneurial mind a real entrepreneurial mind so you know a lot of people call themselves entrepreneurs just because like they have an idea um and, you know what i mean so yep. you know the the real ones are tormented by ideas they're tormented on on becoming greater than they were yesterday you know great doesn't great's never contempt great always yearns to be greater yeah i agree you know we talked about a little bit before you know we started this call uh you and i we talked about how like you know you were up at 2 a.m you know you just had these ideas running through your head and i can relate to that completely because like i told you i was up to around 1 32 and at 2 in the morning last night as well myself and i just had ideas and i was jotting stuff down and i have a legit i'm i recorded in my closet and i have like six or seven notebooks on the floor with just ideas of stuff that i want to do and people that i want to reach out to to get on this podcast and you know an entrepreneur never really stops for you know like you said a goal you know it's kind of like okay i achieved this let's go let's keep on going let's just continue to build and build and build and truly see what you can become and where you can take things so now touching back on you when did you realize that you had a love for music oh man that was early on um you know my mom would always play music whether we were in the back of her car going on rides or she's cleaning the house or my mom drove a school bus so we used to have to get up at like 5 a.m. and go with her to the bus yard because she was a single mom. So we'd have to ride with her for a couple of hours in the freezing cold in Boston. And she brought a radio all the time and would always play, you know, Prince or, you know, Holland Oats when I was a kid. So that really got music into me. Um, and then my mother had a stereo in our house. Um, and I started teaching myself how to DJ by like holding down the auxiliary button and pressing phono to get the sound. So I could just do like the, so that's how I really started getting into music. And that's where I started practicing in doing music. And then as I got, then I would start, I would take a dual cassette tape decks and I would, uh, I would loop, my favorite part of a beat on a song and I would loop it and start teaching myself how to write songs and melodies to those beats. And I would DJ, I would scratch over those beats so I could learn timing and stuff. So that's really how, you know, I was just a kid in a lonely broke kid in my bedroom with no friends. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, his best friend was music uh, when it wasn't the in or the cool thing to do. Yeah. So what would you say gave you this, I guess this drive early on, you know, how did you know you were different? Uh, well, when you're young, you don't look at being different as cool. You feel whack and left out and you feel like an oddball and you don't fit in. Um, so it's not until you get older that you embrace and realize, you know, not everybody, but you know, most right. people realize that actually it's really fucking dope it that is. you're original and you think different than everybody else. So, you know, and I remember the song that literally changed my life and made me literally like figuratively speaking, if I was slouched over feeling bad for myself, it made me stand straight up and realize like, oh, man, I'm dope. And it was a song called Me, Myself and I by De La Soul mm -hmm. uh, when I was a young kid. Uh, the video and the song just made me realize like, man, it doesn't like if, if I think something's cool and I think that I'm cool, then it's cool. I don't have to like get right. somebody else's opinion or have them decide for me 
what's cool. If I think it's cool, why would I let somebody else's opinion or taste supersede or overrule what I think is cool? And and I realized that very, very early on as a kid. Um, and, and that's kind of where I started getting the, the audacity to, uh, to just, you know, move forward with my own thoughts and my own ideas. And even when I would try to make local artists around my city in Boston, uh, listen to me with marketing plans and strategy and how to develop a project and how to record the music. And they would look at me like, man, what do you know? You're just a white dude from Boston. You don't know hip hop. And like, you know, and then they would all like kind of hate on me or doubt me. And then, you know, as we moved on, I excelled and became more successful and they just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I love what you said earlier. It really stuck out to me. You said, you know, when you're younger and when you're a kid, you know, you really don't accept your indifferences and you don't accept that you're different from everybody else. Um, I sort of had a view for that very early on from a young age because, you know, I was uh, similar situation. You are. I'm young. I'm 19. So I'm not obviously as experienced as you. You know, you're older. You've done a lot more than I have. Um, But in school, I guess you could always say I was the odd man out. I had very limited friends, maybe one or two. And I didn't really like to call them friends. I call them acquaintances because after school, I'd see them in school. And I was like, we wouldn't do anything after that. I'm a person who I hang out myself a lot and I'm very family oriented. So with that being said, early on, I realized I was different and I learned to embrace the differences in the way I think. Um, right now, I'm currently writing a book, which is going to be self-published. I haven't told anybody yet. So you're the first one hearing about this. And then obviously when it airs, everybody else will hear about it. Um, but it's called The Third Person Perspective, and it's how I look at the world. And so when that book comes out, whoever's listening, whoever wants it, I'm going to give them away for free just because, you know, there's, there's no point. I really want everybody to see that it's okay to be different because that's one thing I always set out for, and it's okay to be the outcast. If you feel – if you think differently and you feel differently, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Exactly. But, you know, I like that you said earlier you accept it, you know, I mean, it took you a while to really accept it. But once you accept it, man, it is a feeling like no other. And it's crazy to think like that you're different than everybody else and you really don't think like anyone else. Right. Yeah. But back on what we touched on earlier, you mentioned Phase. How did you get involved with such a big brand such as themselves? Uh, Well, you know because of the things that I've done throughout my 20 year career from shaping and shifting culture and, you know, the major artists that I've worked with, uh, the multiple multi-million dollar brands and companies that I've built, uh, and the reputation, uh, that I've developed, uh, when my buddy Greg Selko, who was the former founder and owner of Karmaloop.com, which at, at the time was, you know, several years ago, it was the hottest, biggest, streetwear fashion website in the world um, right. did a billion in sales you know i did marketing over there so he's a friend of mine and when he stumbled upon the opportunity to get involved with the esports and gaming organization called phase clan uh he called me the first day and was like dude i need your brain over here so you know i went over there and none of us even understood you know that industry yet obviously we all grew up gaming and stuff but we didn't understand right. We didn't understand the phenomenon of what it could be on a business level. So once we got there, uh, you know, several years ago, uh, what was that, three years ago I went there, three and a half years, uh, maybe even four years at this point. So I went there and I, it took me about a week to realize who the talent is, you know, 
where they've been, where they are, where they can go, what's going on in this space. How can I, one of the things I've done throughout my entire career is, is plug in different industries and cross connect and collide cultures. So that's kind of really been one of my calling cards and what kind of makes me stand out and what my superpower is, is being able to kind of understand demographics, cultures, uh, different industries, what they do know about each other, what they don't know about each other, what they need to know about each other, uh, and how they can work together. So when I got into FaZe Clan, I, it just took me a week to realize, like, holy shit, uh, yeah. gaming and esports, and in particular at that time, FaZe Clan was literally what my brain was built for. Uh, so I seen the potential of what it could be and how it could connect to so many different sectors, and that's what I started doing. I brought in all the biggest artists, investors from Offset to Sway Lee to Pitbull to Yo Gotti to DJ Paul, Ray J, you know, Troy Carter, you know, met with Mark Wahlberg and Will Smith and, wow. you know, all these people Everybody. and yeah. created all these initiatives and activations and helped raise millions of dollars and helping the company from, you know, just a, a bunch of really popular kids that, that made a name for themselves online and helped them build the infrastructure that went from zero to $300 million in valuation. Um, and then last July, I decided to resign and I realized in the space, in the gaming space, that there was a real lack of diversity. Um, and diversity is in my DNA. I mean, I built my whole career off of black culture. So, right. um, you know, when I realized that, I wanted to do something about it. And so I left with, along with Greg, who was the president of FaZe, uh, and Will, who was the director of merch and licensing. Us three top executives left, and we started a new gaming lifestyle brand called xset xset dot com get familiar and uh so yes yeah, so we did that with the intentions of doing everything that we did over there and more and the things that we couldn't do there because i mean think about it we come from fashion and music and culture that's where all three of us come from so that's why we were able to inject it into phase clan uh but you know they also have their vision and what they want to do and some of it didn't align with what we're where we seen the space could go so you know we gracefully departed and, and launched Xset, and we are now the fastest growing uh, esports and gaming lifestyle brand in the world, and literally changing the game and building the blueprint for what gaming uh, can be for for youth culture. That's awesome, dude. That's a wild story to hear, I because I didn't know you were involved in the phase, you know, prior to this. You know, obviously you, your own brand now, Xset. But um, so would you say, I guess, with like. Where like where do you want to take Xset? Do you want to make it as big as Phase, or like how, where do you want to take this? I guess. Yeah, I mean, look at I'm, I'm the the goal isn't to compare to another organization. The goal is to help uplift the entire space and industry, and open up right. opportunities for so many others. Uh, look, it's as big as it is, and like gaming has you know gaming last year generated awesome. more revenue than the movie industry and sports combined um so you know it's massive and as massive as it is it's still not uh as mainstream or culturally relevant uh to those that are not engulfed in it or familiar with it as it's going to be um mm -hmm. you know and it's it's gonna we're gonna get to a point where you know gaming more people watch gaming than they watch sports yeah. You know, they watch esports more than sports. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be, you know, part of the fabric of our culture. And uh, that's what we intend on doing with Xset is exposing it to more pe 
people that are not familiar with it, educating people, uplifting the entire industry, opening doors for other uh, organizations to come in and, you know, ultimately showcase and highlight how this is a look at, I come from the hood, man. And when you come from the hood, the only way legitimate way to get out is through music and gaming. I mean, from yeah. music or sports and, yeah. and like gaming is the new way out of the hood. And I don't think that the hood really recognizes that yet. And I don't think that parents recognize um, the value and, and impact and benefit that their kids can build careers with gaming. I think a lot of parents still look at it like they're wasting time playing video games. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm out here educating people, trying to uplift the whole business and industry. And uh, to your original question, yeah, of course we want to outdo what we did before. I mean, if, if, you know, like I said in the beginning, like great always wants to be greater. So we did a great mm-hmm. job. I'm really proud of what we did at Phase Clan. But I mean, there's, there's no way in the world that we're not, trying to be greater than we once were of course yeah i completely agree and back to what you said uh prior about you know parents and gaming you know there's still a way and i I guess it's the older generation in a sense you know they look at gaming as kind of like they look down on it and i feel that it's really taken a full 180 i guess you can say these past three to four years really and you know it was bigger than sports and movies this past year and it's really it really shows and i think people need to realize that gaming like it's it's here and it's here to stay you know as looked down on as it was it you can really make careers out of like this guy's doing it like you could post a 10 15 minute youtube video and it could go viral you know you could you just gotta be you just got you gotta want it but i, I think in time they'll realize and it's, it's, it's just going to continue to grow and get better and better. It will. And, you know, we'll be right there front and center leading that charge and building a new blueprint for others to attempt to, to follow that will open up new doors and avenues and opportunities from brands, businesses to talent, uh, you know, all of the, all of the above. Yeah. So I want to touch on your book a little bit. So I guess we'll touch about book on music. Um, your book's called How to Win Big in the Music Business. What inspired you to write a book? Well, throughout my career, uh, being a victim of and also seeing people uh, be victims of uh, just bullshit uh, and, and, and just the debauchery that is the music business and kind of the, you know, people being misled, misinformed, misguided about you know, the right ways to win the, uh, and how the industry actually works. So, you know, I, I, as I was growing up, I'd always look at situations and, 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 and opportunities that I was a part of, and I would just see how there was a lot of ugly parts to it uh, that I wish that I could show other people and teach other people how to deal with it better, right? So mm-hmm. as we get closer to now, we're now in the modern day age where, you know, kids don't really know much before 2010 until before social media, um, you know, they've been inundated with just scams. Right. And just like, you know, fake things on the internet, like the the internet fucking lies all the time. Right. And it's just like, it's just one big lying machine. And it was like, damn, I, I remember throughout my career, I just watched like, whether it was like an athlete that got into sports and would dump like millions of dollars in the wrong things to do. Right. Or I'd see like, mm-hmm. you know, some kids, rich parents really want to make their kids dream come to life and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, like hiring the wrong people, making the wrong moves, doing dumb shit that they just wasted their money. And like it used to stress me out because I'm like, dude, fuck, man, you guys are doing the wrong thing or you're dealing with 
like the wrong people that are not the they're just scamming you right so i decided to write the book because i've always kind of been like sort of a big brother to people in the sense that i really care about people and i want people to win and i want to be able to tell people like hey don't touch that you're going to get burnt Um, right so I decided to write a book because it was the best way. Like I'm always responding to people on DMs and messages and having conversations with five, 10 people at a time. And I was like, what's the greatest way for me to be able to help this new generation of kids that are completely misled and misguided on what it takes to win? Um, Because they think they can read a book or, or go watch a course or listen to a podcast. And like now they have all the tools that it takes to go be an entrepreneur and be a fucking billionaire overnight. And it's just not true. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And like, you know, there's a saying, there's one quote I have in my book that says it, it takes 10 years for overnight success. And those people that do have overnight success don't last 10 years. So mm-hmm. like, you know, the thing that, you know, even like you, a 19 year old, you may even think like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because I, I, I listen to these podcasts and like, there's so much information online right now. There's so many smart people giving out information uh, that, you know, the youth thinks, all I got to do is get this information and I'm good to go. I can become just as successful as them in shorter time. Mm-hmm. And like the one thing that you cannot do is you can't put an old head on young shoulders and you, yeah. you can't, you can't experience is, is everything you can have all of the tools. You can have all of the knowledge, but without the experience and the emotional understanding and intelligence of what to do in a certain moment, how to pivot, how to respond to somebody, what's the right way to network, how to receive information from somebody, understanding different personalities, knowing how to navigate through tough situations, understanding how to deal with your own feelings of rejection or things that go on or let down. Or, you know, there's just so much psychological yeah. and mental work. That, to, that need the training that you need to really prepare you to be a, a real boss that you right. could never learn just from reading a book or watching a course. It takes yeah. actual do. I mean, I, I can go and watch someone teach me how to swing a baseball bat. Right. But that right. doesn't mean I can go fucking play baseball. Awesome. Now I got to go yeah. figure out what's the right place for me to sit at the stand on the plate, how to watch the pitcher, how to understand different pitches, when to swing the bat, how to angle the bat. If I want to bunt, if I want to go for a base hit, if I'm trying to go for the fences, like, like you don't know all those things until you're actually doing it. And then when right. you're doing it, it takes years for you to really master it. So yep. what my book does is it really teaches you the psychology of how to win big in the music business, but honestly, the principles and values I teach in my book are transferable to any industry, including personal relationships. And it's funny because I've had you know people from Rob Durdick to Damon John, you know, to really popular yeah. friends have called me on the side and they're like, dude, this book is fucking phenomenal. Like, why did you just limit it to music? And I'm like, well, because obviously I'm successful in music and people know me for that. And right. and uh, you know, there's nobody out here. There's no Gary V or Grant Cardone or Ty Lopez of the music business that has the ability, the skill, the experience and the trust to teach this massive industry of independent artists. That's, you know, independent artists that are two billion dollar industry uh, uh, currently. Mm-hmm. So it's like no one's out here guiding them. They're all it's almost like they're all just running wild. Looking well, it's at like doggy dog, yeah. Yeah, looking at the internet, yeah. and I see tons of people out here selling courses and books and, and selling all types of fake shit from streams to plays yep. to follows and likes. And it's just like, bro, that's that's fucking whack. 
is. You know, it is. And everybody, you know, there's a chapter in my book called uh, Famous Doesn't Make You Great, But Great Can Make You Famous. And the whole chapter talks about, you know, we live in a world and a culture where people just are just yearning for fame. They want to have a million followers, a million streams, so they can feel like they're successful and they can feel like they're famous or they can act like it in front of other people. And it's like, if, if you chase great, the fame will follow behind great. If you look at the greatest people in the history of time, from Michael Jordan to Michael Jackson to Beyonce to whoever, like none of them were like, I want to be famous. They wanted to be fucking great at what they had a passion at doing. The fame is, is is a residual effect of being great. So if you focus on being great, the fame, which you want will come with that. If you focus on being famous, you'll never be great. Yep. I completely agree. You know, I look at it, how you look at it. I love what I do. I have, I don't know, 200 and, 35 followers on Instagram. I just started this back in June, but I don't care. I don't care about the fame, you know, because I truly love what I do. And luckily for me, I'm a 19 year old kid with my head on my shoulders. You know, I don't follow into the path of social media. I got off of social media for a while, actually, uh, about a year ago. I said I was done. I said I'm done, you know, because I see what everyone's posting. And I'm like, dude, this is just, it's a fake loophole of bullshit. And I've realized that early on. And then when I got back on social media about eight, nine months ago, and I took what I had and what I wanted to bring and deliver to the table from a business standpoint. And I said, you know what, I can really use this to network and I can use it to my advantage and really pursue what I want because what I'm doing right now, I have a passion for if I have a passion for it and I was doing it for fame, I'd be in the wrong damn business. And there's so many things that I want to do and so many things I want to pursue, but it's out of the love I have for what I'd be doing. Right. It's not just, I'm doing this just to get famous. And that's why also I hate, like I absolutely despise TikTok. It's great. It's great for promoting and, getting yourself out there but it's kind of like that in a sense quote-unquote overnight success because you could post one video and you can become you know you could have 1.2 million views in one day which is absolutely bogus but it's just the way the system is and the way the algorithm is but i think if people truly stuck to what they were passionate about and what they truly wanted to do like you said you know you're great the fame will follow you're not supposed to chase the fame you're supposed to chase your passion and pursue what you want to pursue yep but it's it's a uh, a never-ending cycle of bullshit, I guess, in the uh, social media world, depending on how you look at it. But uh, before we get going here today, I got one more question for you. What advice would you give to someone who wants to become an entrepreneur but doesn't know where to start? Um, well, I wouldn't have the, the goals of being an entrepreneur if you didn't know where to start. Um, that's that's a weird thing to just wake up and say, I want to be an entrepreneur An entrepreneur comes from you having a passion, um, to something that you, you care about, uh, and that you want to do. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know. That's kind of saying, waking up and saying, I want to be an entrepreneur is, well, like is almost similar to saying, I want to be famous. Right. right. It's like famous for what? Of course, but like, what advice could you give to somebody like working towards this, but doesn't really know like where to start? Like, do you have the drive, but they don't know where to take it? Uh, it would depend what industry they're in, uh, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to get out of it. Uh, it's a pretty broad question, but if you're asking yeah. what would I just say to 
entrepreneurs that have a passion for something that are that, yeah. that want to grow something that they're passionate about, then I would say then just be fucking die hard about it. Focus on it every day. Don't make it a part time thing. Don't run around talking about what you're going to do. Just do it. Um, build a great network. Do good business. Um, don't worry about making money today. Worry about building a foundation of relationships and a reputation and connections and a network because uh, the money will come. Money follows greatness. So just become great and be great at what you do. And don't be one of those people that are just focused on becoming rich overnight. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a realistic goal to have. The realistic, uh, yep. the realistic goal to have is to build something that's sustainable and scalable and starting off with a strong foundation, which is really understanding you as the entrepreneur, understanding who you are, what makes you great, but also what's not so great about you. Because some people don't realize that, that they don't realize their flaws. And just as much as you think you're great and all these great things about you, there's also some things that aren't that great. And you need to recognize those things because they can hinder you from you know, building relationships or moving forward with some things. And a lot of people are really blind to, to what other people see in them. Uh, yeah. you know, so whether they're a narcissist or, or, you know, right. their egos in the way, or they're difficult to deal with, or, you know, it's listen, listen more than you talk, like stop running around talking about how great you are and all the things that you do and blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, like the old saying goes, you know, you have two ears and one mouth, listen twice as much as you talk. Yep. So, you know, just soak up knowledge, understand game and just take it all in, go back to your, your lab and be the mad genius and, and just work on it and work on it and work on it. Find new ways to build an audience. Find new ways to, to source, you know, manufacturing and products. And depending what you're doing, like constantly just be working on it every single day. Like, man, when I started, bro, like I was making music from when the minute I woke up till I was too tired to stand anymore. It, was, yeah. it wasn't like I'm just going to carve out two hours a day. And then like there'll be some people listening that say, yeah, dude, well, I have a fucking job. Well, cool. Like. Then you do what I did. I had two jobs. I worked from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. loading trucks at UPS. Then I worked from 8 to noon delivering overnight packages. Then I worked from 1 to 4 delivering delivering papers. Then I went home at 4 and I and I worked on music from 6 to 11. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I, like I hate when people say like they got this, they got that going on. It's like then you don't care to win that much bro like i got a family i do six different jobs i got i do most of more than most people i run into and know to the point that like even diddy who we all look at as like someone that never stops working mm -hmm. even he's asked me bro when do you sleep do you know what i'm saying <laughs> so and that's because people yeah. see that i'm always working i'm always operating man there's some people that i'll end with this there's some people that want to win big right and they have dreams of winning big and you have some people that are willing to put in part-time towards their goals of winning big. Then you have some people that are willing to put in full-time. Then you have those other people that are even willing to go the extra mile and put in overtime. But if you want to win big time, you got to work all the time. Like every yeah. time. Like I'm yeah. never not working. I'm never not working. I'm always on my phone. I'm always taking calls. I'm always doing emails. And now some people will say, well, that's not healthy. You need a, a healthy balance. Yeah, well, I understand how to do that. That doesn't mean, like, look, I'm always, if I'm hanging with my family and there's trouble coming my way, I'm always alert to get out of the way. 
Do you know what I'm right. saying? Like, so right, it's, right, the same, yeah. it's the same thing with work. If I'm hanging with my family, whether we're swimming in the pool or going for a walk, it doesn't mean if an opportunity comes or somebody calls or something's important, I see it coming. And I take and I, I don't say, well, I'm not doing it right now because I'm able to enjoy those great times with my family and those walks in the pool because I work big time. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's I love it, dude. I love it. Thank you for coming on here and chatting with me today, man. It was an honor. Of course, Joe. I appreciate it, man. And best of luck to you and your book and everything that you're working on. And thanks for helping other people have a platform to get the word out to help others.